Don't call me Cory Baker, call me Marco Posh. Cause I'm not Julia's son, not anymore. That's the nice thing about wigs. They're like hats. I mean, um, and if you uh if you wear them right, you can have a lot of fun. Um, I do know that a lot of people um equate seeing somebody wearing a wig and thinking, oh, that person might be sick or that mm-hmm. person might have cancer or something like that. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, it's one of those things where I'm like, mm, I don't think you need to worry about that. If, as long as you're wearing the wig properly. Mm-hmm. I always tell people the main number one thing, it's not a baseball cap. Mm-hmm. Don't pull it down like a baseball cap. <laughs> go up to where your hairline's at and go from there, uh-huh. you know, where your hairline would be. So a lot of people, that's, that's my number one, I think, suggestion always to people is it's not a baseball cap so yeah do wigs frizz and and what steps can one take to to avoid that oh god yeah um well first of all um combing is important uh combing your wig out uh you have to start at the ends and then work your way up um don't yank the comb through um that's nothing but uh, the synthetic fibers on synthetic wigs, if you pull them, they will stretch and they will turn into a, you know, crazy curl. Um, so you don't want to, you don't want to do that. You want to start with the bottom, spray a little water on it, start it at the bottom and then work your way up. Um, yeah. And be, just be careful with it. You know, don't, don't force your comb through it. Can hairspray be used on wigs and hair pieces? Oh, yes. Absolutely. Um, my my hairspray of choice is actually Tresemme. Um, it holds really well. It does like an Aquanet thing, but it doesn't smell bad. Um, and it also dries much faster than um, Aquanet. So there's that whole, like, it's almost dry, but then it's sort of gummy where Aquanet will sit there like this. This will dry and you don't have that gummy what about these online wig deals? Most of the online wigs that you see are a scam. Um, make sure that the wig ads show the actual wig and not just a picture of a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of them really like to just take a picture of a celebrity and put it on there and say, that's the wig. Mm-hmm. And then I, I've literally spent a lot of time going, okay, I'm going to go to you. I'm going to go to you. I'm going to go to you. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'm waiting for some, a handful of wigs to come in right now. Um, from a couple of companies that I, I was told I could trust. So I want, I'm, I'm very much like if, if they say that it's like a $300 wig and they can give it to you for 30 bucks. No, that's, that's not it. Um, you're gonna you uh, a good quality wig is going to cost you, but you don't have to spend a lot, a lot of money. Mm-hmm. You don't. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, but just don't, don't use the places online that say uh that you know buy two and get a third free mm-hmm. um those are scams um 99 of the wig that you see if if you will see the video with the girl pulling the hair up that video has been used by countless companies and if also the name of the company mm-hmm. if it's just you know some weird gathering of letters mm-hmm. don't believe it yeah um go with a go with that and do your research on the company, Google them to see how long they've been in business or whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, um, some of the larger ones, like just wigs.com, you can trust them. Those are the people that, uh, that, that you can actually believe. But yeah, there's a lot. I noticed because I had picked up a couple for a friend that I wanted to check, 
check out that I, I'm now getting slammed with ads. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I just look at them and just laugh because it's like, you, you can't get that wig for that much money. Yeah. So, yeah. What are the different types of wig construction? Oh, gosh. I didn't know this was going to be all about wigs. Uh, um, I mean, there's either the basic wig, you know, that's a cap that has wefts of hair tied to it, uh, sewn to it. Um, or um, there's also the the handmade wigs, which are a lace base, and then the human hair is tied into that. Um, so those are your basic category, the two categories, I guess. And any particular ones are are better for sensitive scalps? Oh, uh, the, the handmade ones, of course, because they're so much lighter. And yeah, they're so much lighter. Do you have any major influence as far as uh, uh, costume designers that you admire or wig designers or any of the things that you do who have been like your biggest influences? Most of us need an influence, even if we're self-taught. Uh, well, I'm Bob Mackey, but uh yeah and working for him was a dream come true so that experience uh, like working for bob mackey um uh, i gotta answer the phones i gotta talk to people like carol burnett and diana ross and i gotta do i gotta make diana ross a pair of earrings one time Hmm. and there's a photo out now of carol burnett in her uh norma desmond nora desmond costume Mm -hmm. and it says happy birthday darling across it she's like that I did her hair, her little spit curls, and I made her fingernails and um, the cigarette holder she's using. And I have them somewhere and they're in the bag. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So uh, uh, um, I've worked with him quite a bit over the years because a lot of the benefits that I worked on, um, the co- he donated costumes. So years and years and years. The benefit where, that I did with uh, where I met Lucille Ball uh, he did all of those stage benefit costumes and, uh, a couple of years, I, I got to actually design the costumes myself. And, uh, he was very nice and very gracious in letting us use, um, his stuff. And, you know, I mean, it's iconic going in there and opening up a room and it's all Carol Burnett stuff or opening up another room and it's all share stuff. Hmm. Um, all the gowns that he's there, another room just with his gowns in it. Another room just full of beads and sequins and, you know, um, and then walking through the shop and seeing dress forms for Tina Turner and the uh, uh, um, uh, pink. I know he's doing stuff for pink and uh, um, it, it's it's just that iconic stuff mm-hmm. that's part of our DNA. It's like you see the costume and you know mm-hmm. who that is, that the, the outfit that Cher wore to the Oscars. Everybody knows that. So and to you be know able to Mac- walk into a room and see it and be able to touch it was really cool. So you know a Mackie design instantly. You can like well, it's so such so distinct that you know, he I don't is know. A, yeah, mm-hmm. but he's been designing for so uh, for decades. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, there's there was some stuff that uh, I was like this really. Uh, I found out that he was doing Circus Circus of the Stars. Remember those? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Remember Circus of the Stars? Well, he would make whatever outfit and it was only going to be used once. Hmm. So, you know, boop, 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 boop. It was thrown together. And then mm-hmm. years later, I'm at some antique auction and somebody has it and they're 
verifying it as a Bob Mackie. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess so. You know, they're not all beautiful, classic finished gowns, but but also working with them, I got to, you know, ask him those questions that you always have. Like, um, I vividly remember talking about the whole Gone with the Wind episode when she comes down the stairs in the purple or in the green drapes. And uh, he said, yeah, those are just drapes in the the, the um, prop department. I said, was there a harness or something? He <laughs> said, no. Literally just put them on her. And then after we filmed it, I took those and I put them right back and they went right back over. Huh. And wow. I was like, oh, but okay. Now you're telling me that every episode, it took a week to do them all. But I'm, I'm sure that particular episode was like planned out in advance. No. They come up with the idea on a Monday. They built all the costumes and they did all that stuff. And then they filmed it on a Friday. So hmm. all of that stuff was done in a week. They couldn't do anything like that now. Wow. That There's no way that they could do anything like that. Hmm. When they did the Liberace film, um, they were literally like trying to recreate his costumes, but there was no way that they could because the beating mm-hmm. would... It was just you couldn't afford it anymore. Uh, all that hand beating and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it was a, a major, major influence. That was a sweet gig. How did you? I mean, was it a Craigslist ad you answered, or how, how did you get that gig? No, um, I, I, oh, I, I, I got asked because I had been in there all the time. I mean, I was constantly going in there working, like I said, with the benefits and stuff like that. So. Uh, and then uh, we worked together. Um, there was a, a memorial service for a producer. And uh, one of the numbers, it was from a musical that he had designed costumes for. And I got asked to do the wig for the character. And uh, so I have a little sketch from him that he drew out what he wanted. And um, and then that day, I when we were working in the dressing room, I had mentioned something about, you know, I've always wanted to work for you, but well, they were looking for somebody to assist. And next thing I know, I was over there. So hmm. uh, what are the difference between being a fashion designer and a costume designer? Oh, costume designer. You can get away with anything. Um, fashion, 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 fashion. Um, yeah, it's all about sales and um, and I don't know, I, I've really not been paying a lot of attention because, I mean, I just saw something today where uh, it was, it literally looked like he, the model was wearing, like he just threw on a bunch of clothes and he looked like a, the, a, like a chair in the corner that you throw all the clothes on, mm-hmm. literally, like just clothes hanging off of it. And I'm, I, I don't, I don't get that anymore. I don't get that. I don't, I don't get these weird styles where the guys like got a suit up on top and then a dress on the bottom. And uh, I mean, that it's just not realistic. You don't see people dressing like that. Hmm. Which, is, which is the m- more lucrative profession? Well, I'm <laughs> <laughs> live theater. You're never going to make a living. You're never going to make a living. So yeah. Um, yeah, no. Um, Real fashion is real money. So, yeah. But your passion is live theater versus film and TV. Uh, I, I don't do a lot of film and TV because I just didn't like sitting around the set, you mm-hmm. know, 
waiting and waiting and waiting. Uh, and I can't imagine at my age doing location stuff and <laughs> showing up and being out in Utah and having it be so cold somewhere. I just, I, I, ah. um, mm-hmm. I like theater because you go in, the show starts at eight and it's like a train. And once it's out of the station, it doesn't stop until it gets to its next location. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, you know, when you're out, you know, when you're going home and that type of thing. So I've always preferred live theater over um film work so Mm -hmm. but uh that also means that you know i'm poor so (laughs) i i do theater because i have to not because i want to i i know i mean people theater does give a certain joy to a lot of people i was just talking to another actor the other day and uh even though they make more doing film or television of course they would never give up their theater it's all dependent on the project. I just had a project uh, that I did a show in LA and I actually didn't do a single wig, uh, but I did build a big headpiece for the, uh, the guy. It was a uh, perfect Ganesh and he was uh, playing the Lord Ganesh, the elephant. Uh, it's a Middle Eastern, Middle Eastern thing. And uh, I built the whole headpiece with the ears and the whole nine yards. So, uh, like I said, it kind of goes back to what do you guys need and, you know, what's the best way to achieve it? Same thing with the wig. Um, You know, it it, it all works the same way. I just finished uh, doing a local production here called uh, uh, based on it was a ballet based on It's a Wonderful Life. And um, I had to kindly give the the wig um the wig designer because she was only given a certain amount of money so she was trying to stay cheap and i was like okay well the the problem is is the lead girl you've got a very very cheap wig on her and any movement or anything like that in dance and the cheap wigs they just they turn into a big pile of mess on stage Hmm. so um it's it's all like I said. It's all dependent on uh, what is needed. Uh, mm-hmm. Dance. It's all the movement, and you got to have something. Certain musicals, the wigs don't need to move. Like Hairspray, they you can make them as big as you want. They don't need to move. But then if you turn around, and you do something like Legally Blonde. Mm-hmm. All of those girls have very natural blonde hair, and it's you know it's all about the wigs. So it, it's just depending on the project and what the project needs. I was doing Mary Wilson's hairs for until she. You were her uh, assistant for a time, weren't you? Um, or well, did I, I, I misinterpret that? I uh, I accompanied her to a few functions. Yeah. So, but no, I was doing all of her her hair pieces and her wigs and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, and it was all just what do you want it to do? I want to be able to pull it out of a suitcase, shake it, and go. Okay, great. So we went from there. Well, that's uh, a little bit of six de- degrees of separation because I used to take karate with her son, uh, adopted son, um, Willie, I believe was his name. But uh, I never got to meet her, though. But yeah. I did see her on stage. She was always she was like outperforming or something because we, we had it at their house. Uh, <laughs> but I remember seeing her at Knott's Berry Farm and there was like 
10 people in the audience, some like ridiculously low number. But that woman yeah. gave the most incredible, you would have thought the Queen of England was in the audience, the, the she way she rocked that house. Loves performing. She loved performing. Loved it, loved it, loved it. Well, that loved sh it. showed me that that is a true professional. You don't need a full yeah. house to to be outstanding. You, you, you play to two people the same way you play to a full house. Yeah. So that yeah. Was kind of a she was amazing. She was amazing. And I was so flabbergasted to find out that she passed away yeah yeah real, real literally i just literally sent her another box of stuff back and mm -hmm. we were making she was very excited about the her record company was re-releasing her album of singles mm -hmm. and she had the the fashion book coming out that she had just that just came out and she had sent me a copy mm -hmm. uh with all the costumes that all the um uh supremes wore it was uh and they were talking they were talking about starting a museum opening a museum hmm. so she had a lot of plans yeah yeah and boop, i don't know what yeah, happened we, so. we just never know what yeah how long we're gonna like be the short val kilmer val kilmer uh with his one-man show when he was doing um uh mark twain uh he's he actually just put out a film and there's a little clip of me in there putting his makeup on Hmm. Uh, in in that was it on netflix or something like that uh it was on uh ah what is it? one of the channels i can't think of what it was uh hulu uh, hulu i think it, it was post because i know he's having some health issues but it it's it was post that and he's kind of talking about that too correct yeah it was basically his whole life because he's always carried a video camera around with him mm -hmm. so um it it's it's a documentary on his life and the day that i went to do his test makeup was the day that he had the video crew there mm -hmm. which you know first of all i was nervous for the fact that i was going to be putting makeup on Val Kilmer, and i didn't know what he was like and then i get there and i find out oh you're filming it as well <laughs> how, how did you find so, him um, um i was recommended for the job then his people called me up and i well, yeah well, i mean how you found him as a person i mean as much oh. as you can say i guess i mean because i guess he's got certain reputations but a lot of times you know what you hear is not really not really accurate yeah um i mean uh he wasn't difficult i mean he he knew what he wanted mm -hmm. uh the, the only i think the only problem we had was that uh, on opening night he was director and producer and starring in the show and you know um so opening night he was like an hour late yeah. And um, so now to this day, I use the term, I say, don't bow me <laughs> so to, to people that are either on their phone or not paying attention or, you know, that type of thing. But, you know, he had a lot on his plate, too. So yeah, uh, he's, he's, yeah, he's uh, dealing with some challenges. I, I, I'll give yeah. him a pass on that. So, yeah. But uh, um, I mean, it was it was an interesting time. And uh, I really was uh, I got to see. Uh, up close his work process and uh, as an actor he's uh, it just blew me out of the water it just he's amazing i there uh, he had this thing and at one point i remember he gave me a dvd of one of his movies he was like here go on, watch this or whatever and mm -hmm. and uh, i think it was kiss kiss bang bang and i watched that and i was like okay i know what he's like as a human being mm -hmm. and Watching that there, I could, uh, I then saw the acting 
because I knew what he was like as a person. And I wasn't really watching it as an audience member. I was watching it as somebody who knew him. So I really, he just blew me away. Uh, he com- becomes the character in such a way hmm. that is very, I, I get chill. I'm getting chills now just talking about it. It's hmm. quite wild. I might have to check that movie out. It's called Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Yeah. And he's uh, um, he, he plays a, he plays a gay character in it. Oh, that's what it was. He plays a gay character in it, but he doesn't play it like, you know, everybody else would play a gay character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not, I not, think that's nothing it. stereotypical. I think that's it. I'm not sure. I think that's it. I hope that's the right movie. But um, he, I just remember just sitting there going, oh, my God. Wow. Hmm. Just, yeah. Amazing. Any more good stories? There's so, so many stories. And what's so weird about it is I was just going through um, and uh, my shop has been upstairs literally for two years. We moved everything up there when we got here and just shoved it to the attic. And um, I'm finally going back and going through some things and uh, I'm quite amazed at how far back my, the history goes. So, and I'm pulling stuff out and just, completely forgot about just almost like decades worth of stuff so um yeah uh to to pick one story it would be just i don't know i didn't even think of that i probably should have thought about it ahead of time but no i mean i've got um stories with i don't know celebrities the bob mackie and Cher. yeah just just to the latest you know uh, and you know i the yeah and so a lot of it's going in the book. I did a production of Cats where I didn't want to style the wigs. So I made them all out of yarn and uh, it worked fine. Okay. I really like doing that type of thing because a lot of people don't realize that when you put a wig in a show that it needs to be maintained. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's always uh, interesting to watch the wig fall apart or whatever. And then they're like, well, why doesn't it, you know, it's not like a, it's not like a costume where you zip it on and zip it off. Um, you know, it, it, it goes through a lot of work. It goes through a lot of movement, yeah. stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, um, yeah, they, they constantly need to be refreshed. So I also like um, building wigs. I built a lot of wigs out of foam um, and other um, crafty type projects. So they're like a sculpture that you just plop on the head then you don't have to worry about it anymore. But with normal wigs, there is the maintenance that uh, needs to needs to happen mm-hmm. or else you're going to end up. That's that's when you see sloppy looking wigs on stage. And that's mm-hmm. when you're like, oh, they're not they're not maintaining those. So, yeah. yeah. Huh. Uh, so now how did you get into costume designing? And is that something that you just kind of learned yourself or did you have any kind of formal training in that? Um, uh, as far back, uh, I started dressing in college, um, and, uh, started learning different things. And then, like I said, when I was a female impersonator, I made most of my own, I, I made all my own clothes. Um, so, um, yeah. And I always had people, it was very odd because, you know, I would always assume people would realize that my, you know, uh, you can't buy stuff off the rack. And, uh, I vividly remember doing a Norma Desmond the matching tutu and this gown with drapes and tassels and, and somebody said, where'd you get that? And I said, Oh, Nordstrom's. And they just didn't, didn't even phase them. <laughs> and I thought, Oh no, no, they don't even know. Okay. 
Yeah. No. So I started doing my own costumes for that. And uh, then I got into um, uh, the specialty costumes, like walk around characters or, you know, we're doing a production of Cinderella and we need to do the quick changes or stuff like that. So um, it was always, you know, what do you need the most? And, oh, we need a lizard head or, you know, or mm-hmm. Wizard of Oz, you know, you have all those different looks. So um, it's always been, uh, um, I've always been crafty. Mm-hmm. So crafty. when you're designing clothes for a show, you need to take all those things into consideration, like quick changes and things like that. And what would be easy to get for an actor to get in and out of quickly. Oh, yes. And uh, some theaters, they have no backstage space. Uh, so, uh, and the, or they don't have dressers backstage to help. So you have to be able to build the costume in such a way that the actor can get into it on them, their own, mm-hmm. um, or just, uh, figuring out things like, okay, in the first act, she has to be a young girl. And then in the second act, she has to uh, be an older version of herself and she doesn't want to wear a wig. So I did things where like clipping in pieces so that her hair was longer for the first act and then she would take them out for the second act but the front is all her own um you know just things like that coming up with uh, stuff like that is uh where i where i feel like i excel and are there any hair hair piece uh, other hair piece options they're endless i mean anything from a simple clip-in piece of colored hair to full sets to you know buns and uh, oh my gosh i've seen sculpted pieces that are well kind of this this particular dress behind me is all all the detail on it is human hair hmm. including the jewelry wow. and the yeah it's That's all her, like going all the way down her back huh and the yeah and the entire cape is made uh covered in hair a, a friend of mine gave that to me and uh um you can do whatever you want with it i um what was the oh I'm, I'm zoning on the name now chris march mm-hmm. uh from project runway i did a couple of things with him he came up with the the idea um on his finale of using human hair as fringe mm-hmm. on the clothes which i was like oh my god how cool but people were like ew no gross human hair where does it come from and mm-hmm. i'm like it's the same hair that you flip into your hair for extensions and things like that why mm-hmm. uh, why would it suddenly be gross right are right. wigs gross no i mean yeah. you don't call a wig gross so why would just a a chunk of hair be i don't know it was really weird they had a really strange reaction to it so hmm. um but obviously it can be used mm-hmm. so Interesting. Have you ever heard of a wig blowing off someone's head, or is that just in the movie? Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Oh, go on YouTube. (laughs) All those people that are getting on the roller coasters or the slingshot things or whatever. Oh, it's and there's just endless, endless. And some of them you can tell they've been glued on and they still get sucked off. So yeah. Um, (laughs) How how do you? Is, is it better to, to wash your wig in a washing machine or, or should you do it by hand? Oh, by hand. Don't put it in a washing machine. Uh-huh. No, no, no. Yeah, no. <laughs> and I think, I think you did mention that you can use heat appliances on a wig, correct? Or did I? Yes. On human hair, you can use whatever you want. On synthetic hair, uh, you can use hot curlers. 
but just don't use a hot iron. Um, if it's, and they do come up with, oh, here's the other thing that I can pass on. Uh, they do have synthetic wigs out there that you can take low iron, uh, low temperature curling irons too. And people, I keep hearing people complain that it doesn't hold the curl. What you have to do is you have to curl it and then you have to pull the curler out and hold the curl in place until it curls back down to room temperature and then let it go. Because if you let it go immediately after it's been on the wand, it's still warm and it doesn't hold the curl until it's cooled back down to room temperature. So I'm just so impressed that you like learned all that stuff yourself. <laughs> oh, I trashed a lot of wigs too. <laughs> the relationship between wig designer and director in a theatrical production. A lot of times I have been more informed than the director has been. Mm. Um, I vividly remember doing a production of Fiddler on the Roof and the director was questioning why one of the wigs looked like a wig. And I said, this is, this is literally what they did. This is, they kept it in a box. It was a pre-styled wig. It didn't do anything else. It was like a hat. It mm. was shoved out of the bed and uh, brought out on special occasions when she needed to have hair, when mom needed to have hair. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, it was a, yeah, uh, it all depends on the production. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, it's always uh, what, uh, what does the director need them to do? What does the actor need them to do? And then also working hand in hand with the costume designer, uh, because they will generally have something in, in mind as well. Mm -hmm. uh, what are some of the most important aspects to research when you're working on a production? Oh, um, I, I use books. Um, it's, you can, I, uh, it's hard because I have history books and everything. Mm -hmm. A lot of the styles though, people expect a little bit more because there's some periods where the styles are just very, very unattractive. And, um, and I know that they've been modernized or zhuzhed in such a way that it's a little more, um, it's less unattractive. Um, like the, the styles where they're parted down the middle and the hair is just slicked and pulled back into a bun or whatever. And um, I've done a couple of those pieces, but it's like, you know, let's do something where it's a little more curly. I know um, now we've kind of... Uh, gotten to a point with like Bridgerton Bridgerton those styles are so beautiful mm. but they're completely not of the period I guess you would mm. say they're a little more modernized mm. so um do you think it all, was intentional it really or do you think that was from the the person oh, it, not really very being... intentional I mean oh, it's okay. the overall design of that show mm -hmm. the colors that they're wearing some of those colors would not even exist in those days hmm. so um they're very bright and very colorful and uh um yeah as a matter of fact i've i've, I've used uh, bridgerton as an example um more than once <laughs> <laughs> the role that color plays in these decisions when you go to see a production you can you can see that uh, most productions have their own color scheme mm -hmm. um wicked is very you know in the greens and the golds um I just finished working on frozen blues, whites, creams, very, you know, icy. Um, so, yeah, um, it's, it's a lot of stuff is told by color. 
the role that the time period of the piece plays a role in all of this? That would be that would be the the biggest thing. Uh, the time period, and then um, it tells every, each costume. Uh, the, it all depends on the character, what the character, what the character needs, what the what the actor feels the character needs. Um, yeah, basically just to tell the story and uh, tell the story and to help. Um, uh, it, it also helps the actor uh, become the character um, because period clothing feels much different than modern day clothing, especially when you put all the underwear and the, the period stuff on it and the, the, the form fitters and things like that. When girls used to wear corsets and things like that, it, it makes you stand different. It makes you feel different. It just, uh, yeah, it's uh, um, um, a lot of work with, uh, like I said, the, the time period, and then um, what the character itself, um, who the character is. Do you find that your training, your background and training in acting helps you as a, as a costume designer? On sure. On levels, that there's transferable skills? Oh, of course, because, uh, yeah, well, I mean, as a performer, you know, what works for you on stage and you know, what doesn't work for you on stage. So um, yeah, that would be um, very much so. How many years, and maybe this is hard to answer, but like how long does it take to, to be a costume designer and a good costume designer? I mean, I guess there's one aspect in just getting work, which kind of is another question too. I, I, do, do costume designers and, and, and wig designers, and do they have agents and managers or do you pretty much hustle up the work on your own? The bigger ones are, I mean, uh, I'm, there's a union. Uh, I'm not part of any uh, union. I was not part of any design union. Um, um, I, these type of questions, I would probably ask somebody like Sean LeBlanc. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, um yeah, no, it's mostly it's uh, my career's basically just been huff, hustling for jobs. Really, that's really it. So you you self taught in this area too. Basically, you didn't go to school for makeup or costume design, or 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 uh, wig design. You just I, figured it out. I trained with the Pacific Conservatory of the Performing Arts. I was there as a technician. I also was there. Um, they let me in on acting classes and singing classes. I used to sing, I had a huge voice. Um, but, um, and then I got asked to play one of the kids in Sound of Music. They wanted me to play the oldest son and got a lot of trouble because the actors got all upset that they were offering this to a technician. But um, I had also, uh, theater for me just, it came naturally. Once I started doing it in the high school, mm-hmm. uh, when I got to college, um, I actually ended up teaching the makeup because nobody there knew how to do it. So <laughs> I was actually teaching the makeup when I was in college. And then, you know, years later, I ended up uh, teaching it at UC Irvine, um, did a couple semesters there. Mm-hmm. Um, but all self-taught basically from books and just years and years and years of experience. So, it's yeah. probably the best way, <laughs> you know, that's a whole other kind of experience, practical experience. Uh, what do you love most about your job 
or this is pre-COVID. I'm talking. Uh, well, uh, I enjoy working. I enjoy being around creative people. I enjoy um, telling stories. I enjoy um, giving audiences something to watch. Um, it's, uh, you know, um, like I said, I don't do theater because I want to. I do theater because I have to. It's literally um, part of my DNA. And uh, um, I, I really don't know what what else I would do. I mean, um, I actually thought about it my first year here after everything first shut down. And uh, my husband gave me a whole bunch of cake decorating stuff. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe I'll go into cake decorating. If, <laughs> I have a feeling you would be able to figure bad. out anything that you really wanted to figure out. Yeah, I'm, I'm, like I'm very crafty and I never realized that because I, I thought everybody could do it it was like you know I see something and it's like oh yeah just like this and paint it like this or do it like that and then it took me quite a long time to realize that I was it was a gift and not everybody else was like this I just thought because it came so easy for me that everybody else could do it too and I'm like so, you don't sew or you, you know you, you can't you don't know how to style away or you know, <laughs> I, I don't know. It's just because I just sat down and figured it out. Huh. Poverty is a great training ground because. Well, you're poverty, you said? I, mean, I couldn't, you know, I would look at these makeup schools and think I can't afford that. Oh, okay. I mean, mm -hmm. so, or, you know, or um, <laughs> beauty school. <laughs> So, you know, uh, just uh, when when I was younger, it was just poverty. So um, somebody once said to me, poverty breeds creativity. And I said, yep, that's hmm. absolutely correct. Interesting. What do you uh, like least about your job? Um, I, the, I think probably miserable people. But I think that goes with any other job. Yeah. You know, just be, people who uh, it's like we're not uh, theater is not brain surgery we're not saving lives so when somebody comes in and wants to take it so seriously that they're not enjoying themselves then that's the type of person i don't want to work with and i just don't want to be around mm -hmm. um do you remember the first costume that you ever designed oh my gosh yes <laughs> it was this blue dress was, and <laughs> i didn't know how to do a pattern so I was using another dress as a pattern and kind of pushing it on the ground and it, it was a blue long gown with big blue bows all over I don't know what I was thinking it was very dark blue but nothing, nothing was straight on it nothing nothing it literally the dress wrapped around the body <laughs> it, was, it was really bad it was very bad and um, I learned a lot from it, yeah. Have you ever had to deal with difficult actors? I've dealt with a lot of difficult actors. My, um, I've, I've been a dresser, uh, which means basically assisting and taking care of a performer backstage, uh, dressing them, changing their clothes, you know, giving them coffee, blah, 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 blah. Um, and uh, I do... Um, kind of have a, a reputation of being able to deal with difficult actress or actresses, actors, actors and actresses, actors. 
mm-hmm. actors. Yeah, that covers both of them. Um, I've uh, and the funny thing about it is I usually end up being friends with them later. So um, yeah, I, uh, I I understand what they're going through. So I I don't take it personally if they're smitty or, you know, if if they're short or, you know, if they don't want to carry on a conversation, it's not my job to carry on a conversation with them and tell them my personal life and stuff like that. So um, I, I I always take into, to mind what, um, what they're going through. Um, I, I, I use Leslie Ann Warren as an example. Um, I got hired to do her, wig and to dress her uh for a production at the Geffen Playhouse called Next Fall. And it's a very heart-wrenching show. It's about a, a man who was hit. Um uh, it was uh, he was he was in the hospital and they were going to harvest his organs, but his parents didn't know he was gay. So it was the whole thing about them finding out he's gay. And then what are we going to do? Literally, they had to go through the grief process of uh, she played the mother of the the, the young guy. And um, I understood that it was an emotionally crippling show, sobbing and everybody at the end of the show was just tears. But um, she was very used to having her own person. Uh, so her person had come in and we made a little pact that uh, we were going to say that her person was coming in, but her person wasn't going to be coming in. So I ended up doing the wig and saying that her, her girl did it and I was just going to be putting it on her. And so we, we played that game for a few weeks and then she finally caught on. And, and so she was like, well, why? And I said, this, well, this was the way to get you to feel comfortable to go do your show. I didn't want you to be uncomfortable with me because you didn't know who I was. And so we brought her in and she and I talked and we came up with this idea. And so Leslie and I are best friends now. We've gone to several shows together and we talk all the time and we mail all the time and stuff like that. But um, I mean, she literally, the first time I went to touch her, she got up and burst into tears and ran out of the room. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it was like, oh no. Um, yeah, but I completely understood where she was at because she was so emotionally just raw, mm-hmm. but then there's another, like another performance I, down in Laguna beach, uh, where I told, uh, you'll know her name and I'm not going to use it because she's a fucking cunt. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, everybody knows who she was and she was a bitch and she started screaming into my face and I had just lost my younger brother Mm -hmm. Uh, he had had a heart attack and passed away in his chair Mm -hmm. and so so this is uh, totally unexpected yeah uh, well Mm -hmm. uh uh, not really because i was actually warned ahead of time that she was crazy Mm -hmm. and uh uh but i have a very dear friend who is very sweet and she won't tell me ahead of time she said no i don't tell you because you have a way of figuring things out and working them on your own so I don't tell you. Oops. Hmm. Oh, no, I'm going to low power mode. Hmm. Um, so I don't tell you. And um, um, 
yeah. So I end up generally making friends with them afterwards. But this one, she was so nasty that I literally said, no, I quit. And uh, yeah, I walked away from the production. So um, yeah, I, I, I understand the ones that are under a lot of stress and pressure. Mm-hmm. And then I've also had the ones who are just cunts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's unfortunate. Uh, do you, or I should say, how many times will you read a script or play when you're designing costumes or wigs for a show? Um, if I don't know it, I'll read through it a couple times. Um, but generally, a lot of the stuff that I've done has been, you know, musicals that people already know. Um, like and Hairspray has been my number one. I've done over 15 productions of that. So I know it mm-hmm. inside and out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And how did your career move into makeup? How did that? Oh, that just comes with the territory. So That's that was what... like from when you were doing female impersonation is kind of when yeah. you got into that? Yeah. It's basically just teaching people how to do a drag face for musical theater. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> what was it Mer- mermaids wait Mer- Me- medicare mermaids you did the- oh that 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 was fun that was a little project we did for um uh online a uh, couple of uh, jewish mermaids sitting out uh, on the seashore uh and uh, yeah they called me up and uh, asked me to come up with a look for them so um i worked with the costume designer and uh we came up with a look and uh, we shot all the videos in one day. All yeah, we shot all of them in one hmm. long day. Hmm. It was a lot of fun though. It was I like those because that that's kind of that's that's when it's fun. It's like hi, you're doing a mermaid, and it's colorful and creative, and you know, huh. it's, that's fun. That's fun. And you do uh, special effects makeup as well. Oh yeah, I've done that since high school. Blood guts. Do you, you enjoy know. that more? Which do you enjoy? Oh, it's fun. I mean, or... it's, it's fun. I just spent uh, this last Halloween painting uh, employees up at the, the local theme park here. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have like a, a Halloween haunt and uh, I get to paint a lot of people up and it was fun because they just let me do what I want. Last word of advice. In LA, have connections because it's always good to have connections. Thank you so much, Byron. It was lovely to see you and, and talk to you. And... It's so good to start to you. It's been so long. All right, brother. All right. Have a wonderful rest of your evening. And thank you so much. All right. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Don't call me Corey Baker. Call me Marco Potch. Because I'm not Julia's son. Not anymore. Don't call me Corey Baker. Call me Marco Potch. Because I'm not Julia's son like I was before.